one of the things that I would say, if you're dilly-dallying in it, you're, some days you're touching it and some weeks you're not, it's not really, you don't really have a great safety program in place. You know, from a perspective of if you go to visit, you have things up on the shelf and everything's boxed off, but um, checked off, but you really don't, you have to get serious with it. If, if my lightning rod is, you're still taking a lot of chances. Yeah, it's, it's not a one-time push, Molly. It's something you got to start, just like production. I'm sure you're all talking about that. That's how safety has to be. Always talking about safety. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass, a podcast channel presented by NOLA Consulting Group. My name is Molly Nolan. I am your host today. And I had the pleasure of speaking with two fantastic leaders in the industry, Connell Moraney of Nolan Painting and Paul Cook of Painters USA to talk about safety in the workplace. Now I'll let them give their intros in just a moment, but it's important to note how much these two have really focused on embracing a safety culture in their respective companies and how they realized that focusing on safety truly never comes to an end. It is an ongoing focus. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get you out of the hourglass. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. This is Molly Nolan here, and I'm thrilled to have two guests with me today uh, to talk about uh, a very important topic that we don't believe gets enough attention, um, and especially as we enter into a, the busiest season for trades, uh, it needs even more heightened attention. So uh, with that, I have Paul Cook from Painters USA and Connell Moraney from Nolan Painting joining me for this discussion. Paul and Connell, welcome. Welcome, Molly. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'd like just before we jump in, if you could each just give me a quick you know, segment of who you are, what you do, and where you're from, uh, that would be fantastic. Paul, let's kick it off with you. Sure. Uh, Paul Cook, my wife and I own Painters USA, and uh, we have offices in Chicago and Dallas. Uh, we're about a $30 million company. We do both uh, industrial and commercial work, and we've been around for about 40 years. Fantastic. Thank you. And, and Connell, how about yourself? So my name is Connell Mulraney, and we're here in Philadelphia. We have a residential paint company. Uh, we're heading back up into plus 11 million this year after COVID took us down a little bit. Um, we do a lot of residential painting, and uh, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Awesome, and that's exactly why I have the two of you on as my guests for this for, um, for the topic of safety and the fact that we have two great perspectives here of residential and commercial industrial um, trades. To me, I think we need to we need to hit both both segments of that um, because the safety is both the same and different in terms of how you're operating um, in the day to day. So why? Let's just let's just dive into it. Why has this particular topic? Uh, become particularly important to each of you? Um, why have you chosen to kind of spearhead it or, or create uh, a heightened safety culture in your respective companies? Paul, if I can start with you. Sure. Well, you know, when you, when you hear safety and you're always going to say that's important, but, you know, how strongly are you making sure that happens at your company? 
Um, unfortunately, in 2011, we had a tragic incident where a gentleman fell off a stepladder. It wasn't high. could have easily just been at a residential. It was at a uh, industrial location. And he hit his head and he had uh, some massive internal swelling and bleeding. And uh, unfortunately, to this day, he's still in uh, a home. You know, he's just not, he's not with his family anymore. It was, it was a very tragic event. And that really drove the um, point home that uh, we had to develop a strong safety culture at Painters USA. I unfortunately, I remember hearing about that, that incident uh, many, many years ago. And I know really since then, you have been kind of like a warrior for safety at Painters USA and within the Summit member group. Um, and I thank you for that. I mean, and, and I, we do apologize that you've had to go through such an unfortunate incident and that family to it's, it's where, where something like that happens and it shakes everyone to their core and helps us redirect and re remember what's really important at the end of the day. And that's making sure that every employee gets to go home to their family. Yeah, it's really uh, my, my purpose is to try to help get the word out so that doesn't happen at another right. company right? That people understand how serious this is. And Connell, how about you at Nolan Painting? Um, what, why has safety become so important to you? So like, like many companies, I would say, Molly, we, um, you know, we had near misses. Things happened and we're like, phew, that could have been a lot worse. Uh, and then uh, we had a couple that were, came close to home. And um, we, we've suddenly realized, you know, we have to keep our eye on the ball here when it comes to safety. So, you know, we got away with things, but um, it was get, you could see that it was happening now and again, and it was something that was going to end up worse than we wanted it to be. And uh, nobody wants a fall or an injury. So I just took it upon, you know, we all took it upon ourselves. And I'm out in the field every day, and, uh, and it's just something, you know, you think you get these employees, your job is to send them back home in the evening, you know, the same way you got them in the morning, just a little bit tired from working. But you have to send them back to their loved ones safely. And, and that's our job, make sure that they do go back safe and that while they're here, they're safe. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that brought it in home to us. Now, would you both say that your respective companies, both Painters USA and Nolan Painting, um, have an active safety culture in play? And there's a difference, and I think we'll hit this later, Paul, because you brought up a good topic, the difference between having the safety uh, check marks kind of on the shelf and all the OSHA documents, but actually to be having an active culture where it's being talked about and living and breathing it every day is quite different. Uh, would you say at both of your companies that's currently happening? Yeah, I would. Um, we have daily accountabilities to safety. Uh, we have two, soon to be three full-time safety employees. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's a daily, you have to bring attention to it daily. I think there's always room for improvement, but yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the same here, Molly, with us we, we, at Nolan Painting. It's definitely a high culture. Like we're, We constantly meet about it. We're constantly talking about it. Um, you know, we made huge investments in this to, to keep people, you know, safe with harnesses, being aware, um, high-reach equipment. Uh, the, you know, we just we, we took it in the chin and we, and we said we're going to invest in this to make sure that people are safe. So yeah, we have, a, we have a good culture on it. That being said, it always needs work. It always needs work. And we, we know that uh, culture always comes top or should, should come top down. That's really how uh, 
you're going to be able to kind of get it from the management all the way to each and every employee that you have. So how are you both um, playing a role in cascading the, the importance of safety down? I know, Paul, you said your your purpose is getting out the word, um, but within Painters USA, is it uh, the focus on hiring more safety employees? It's the focus on safety training. What are what are you, what role are you playing in that conversation? Well, first of all, I think Molly, as far as safety goes, it has to come top down. If if the owner or lead person's not all in, it's going to flounder. It's not going to get the support it's, it it needs. So, uh, our safety director reports directly to me. Okay. We we have uh, weekly one on ones. Uh, we, and then we have daily accountability. Uh, the crews have to do a JSA or a job safety analysis and send it in every day. And that's watched to make sure they did send it in, make sure they just didn't check a box, but they actually looked at the job that day and wrote about what hazards might happen. Uh, they have an end of day sign off to make sure everyone's safe and going home safe. Uh, they had a good day that way. And then we do uh, surprise safety audits where the supervisors stop by a job and run through a, uh, a checklist walk around with the foreman, make sure they're being safe. We do about 50 or 60 of those a month. And what happens, or let me ask, of those 50, 60 a month, how many, what percentage would you say your, your guys are right on track versus there being an issue? Um, that's a good question. And we used to, you know, you, you'd want to be happy. Oh, they all passed or they were good. But actually, you want to find issues because let's face it, on the job, everything's not going to be perfect. So when you find an issue that brings it to an attention, that's a talking point and you talk about it. So when we found we weren't getting issues, our supervisors weren't, weren't looking hard enough. Ah, how, yeah. how interesting that flips the tables of, of, of how you're looking at the problem. It's not that yeah. things are perfect. It's that we're not actually looking at issues close enough. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. And Connell, how about um, yourself? What role uh, as you're out in the field with, with the team? So, um, first of all, just like Paul, we're, we're um, getting a um, safety officer in place. Uh, however, he can't be everywhere at the same time. Right. So as, as I go out, so it's, it is top down for us. The field managers are, you know, cascading safety awareness. Every crew they're on, we have daily safety huddles, uh, checks, making sure that people are operating safely, uh, high reaches, that they have their harness, that they're clipped in, that they have their, their hard hat on. So, you know, I used to go from like, it almost was like from cop to coach. You know, in the beginning, you know, when I started this, I was kind of, you know, catching things. Um, and and it's almost like, you know, you, yeah, you wrote it up and you made people aware, but very quickly you suddenly realize that, you know, there's, there's coaching around this. Just like Paul saying, it has to be discussions and finding things. So um, same thing. I look for it. I look a little bit deeper. I look a little bit closer. You know, simple little examples like whoever the A2 is on the job uh, on that particular project that I visit, I may go and ask him before I ask anybody else. Because there's your litmus test right there. If the A2 can tell me what the safety huddle was about this morning, then it happened. If it's a deer in the headlights type look, I'm like, yeah, so I need to, I need to look a little bit deeper here. There's some interesting strategy there. Uh, I like it, Connell. Now, as the days and the weeks get busier, which 
I think you, you might both argue they're already busy. How can they possibly get busier? How does this not fall off the wagon? In a, in a regular time, I think for some companies would say they have a, a difficult they, they have a difficult time making safety a priority in the day-to-day. But how do you do it when you feel like you're just grinding into the ground on a daily basis? So, Molly, yeah, I'm going to take this. Actually, a couple of years ago, um, I got a. I was talking to Paul on the phone, so I'll, I'll give him the credit on this one. Uh, and we were just talking. We were doing really well. It's the middle of the summer. Uh, we were hitting our months. Basically, we're just knocking them out of the ballpark. Everything was going really well. We were really busy, though. Uh, over time, it was warm weather, hot weather, everything. And Paul made an interesting comment. Um, he said, and so who's watching the wheels on the wagon? And the wheels of the wagon, then, you know, just as he said himself, you know, there's four wheels in it and we put them down to, you know, one of the wheels would have been revenue. So, you know, you're, you're two and through revenue. Um, if you're hitting your months really well, productivity was really good. Um, you know, so was production. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, we were maintaining a good quality. Customers weren't really complaining. And then, of course, the, the fourth wheel was that one was called safety. And, and, he, and he said, you know, keep an eye on things. It wasn't, wasn't long after that, that, um, you know, all of a sudden there was a guy who cut with his knife, cut himself with a utility knife. The next thing somebody needed their finger off of a chop saw. And I was like, wow, you know, there's a, there's a loose wheel on the wagon right there. So I'll leave it, I'll leave it over to Paul because he, he'll t- take this differently. Well, you know, the key is end. Uh, right, the word and as painting contractors, we can't just do production or quality. You, you have to do safety, quality, and production. So the, whether it's the four wheels on the wagon, we use a picture of the three-legged stool with the guys, and we talk about uh, safety, quality, and production always in that order. You know, safety always have to come first. So um, as you get busy, you know, you got to keep attention. You may not be able to have a full-time safety person, but someone has to be given that responsibility, uh, a daily job that they put attention to safety. Otherwise, you know, again, it's things go good and you're not thinking about it until boom, because something's going to happen. I mean, these things just happen. You can uh, prevent, uh, you can make, you can minimize some of the incidents, but things are going to happen. So it's so imperative. You have daily attention Um, and you can do that by accountabilities, you know, couple things. Our crews, uh, after this major accident we had, uh, it's required they wear hard hats, safety glasses, and steel-toed boots on every job all the time. And that took, I would say, at least a year. Maybe, you know, change is hard. You know, we were still doing some residential. You're painting the office, really, after a hard hat. But if you give the guy a choice to pick and choose you know, then it's, oh, I forgot, you know, hey, we, we just do it all the time. And now guys don't even question it. They put on their hard hat and they, they get in there and they do it. So um, I think some requirements and then some accountabilities with reporting that have to happen every day. And you have to have someone watching that on a daily basis. Yeah, I was just gonna say there's really no room for discretion when it comes to letting the letting someone else decide whether or not they need the hard hat or not that you, because it's that one decision that can really uh, be the game changer. And so creating it across the board uh, leaves it up to no chance. Um, The same way a doctor goes into surgery or a surgeon goes into surgery and puts on their mask and their cap, Mm -hmm. they do their scrub down. It's the same exact situation. Uh, 
their their standards in play, especially when it when it comes to uh, the PPE. Now, we know that you both have established safety training programs and cultures in place um, at Painters USA and at Nolan. Um, we know that a lot of other clients that we work with also have safety training and safety cultures in play. But what about those companies out there that do a thing here or there, talk about it at an occasional operations meeting? Um, how do they actually begin to take the first steps? Let's say this this podcast is like a is um, a lightning rod goes off for them and they realize we need, this needs to become a priority. What are the first steps that you would both advise an owner or a management team begins to take to get safety in process? Go ahead, Connell. Oh, Connell. So, so one of the things that I would say, if you're dilly-dallying in it, you're, some days you're touching it and some weeks you're not, it's not really, you not really have a great safety program in place. You know, from a perspective of if you go to visit, you have things up on the shelf and everything's boxed off, but um, checked off. But you really don't. You have to get serious with it. If, if my lightning rod is you're still taking a lot of chances and you, and you just can't do that. And you send the wrong mm -hmm. message to the employees because one minute you're talking about safety and it's going to be a big deal. And then you're not talking about it. And then when you eventually they're like, oh, well, here we go with safety again. Whereas in actual fact, it just needs, you, you just need to take the bull by the horns. They need to um, take it off the shelf, put it in the driving seat. Yeah, the, you know, the Summit Safety Bronze Program is just laid out perfectly. Mm -hmm. so it has you do all the written parts, which you have to do, but then it moves to the daily accountabilities. Uh, you have to have that daily reporting, you know, to get that certification. And with the technology today, smart sheets, eye auditor, uh, it makes it easy to set up reporting. So not only, you know, where your team's crews do this, but then in the office, it can be monitored to make sure they are doing it. So uh, that's really where it's going to come alive. And you talk about it at your weekly meetings and it's, uh, you have to make it come alive. It's your job. Yeah, Paul, I'm glad that you brought up brought up that safety uh, certification that we created here at Summit. Gosh, I think back in 2015, um, I know that, Paul, you were heavily involved in the creation of that. We had created a safety council. Uh, Nolan Painting was also a part of it, as well as a couple other um, industry contractors. And what we did, we, we met and we discussed what are 16, 17 criteria items that we believe any company in the trades can do that will help them begin to have that walking, talking safety culture. So from the PPE requirements laid out to the every job description for a field production uh, team member has a safety component written in that job description, showing them that or showing kind of the organizational chart, how important safety is at every function. Uh, we had uh, the creation of a safety committee or how are you how are you um, bringing that safety culture in play every every day or every month uh, a safety training calendar for the next 12 months uh, there was lead training involved OSHA requirements of course certain things based upon the industry that you're in but I we've had a lot of companies go after it uh, because they had maybe 10 of the 17 in play and realized that they could easily start living and doing more with the, the additional criteria, but it, it basically create a set of standards that what's the basic minimum that we should be doing. 
Um, and so anybody out there, we actually do have that certification on the Nolan Consulting Group website. We put it out. We don't want this to just be an inclusive summit member program uh, uh, mind, you know, mindset. We want anybody and everyone in the trades to be taking safety uh, seriously. So if you're interested in taking a look at what that criteria is, you can just check out, check out our website. Um, but I, going back to the safety committee, I know, you know, Painter USA has a couple of safety key, key employees. Nolan Painting is looking to hire um, a safety um, trainer or, um, you know, a safety manager. Would you recommend that a company establishes either having, you know, a, one safety safety czar, a safety manager in place, or maybe start out with a small safety committee who is meeting monthly to talk about the trainings? What, what are some good guidelines so that it's actually being put on the calendar? I think a, a safety committee is good, but you know, if, if, um, you don't have a lead person, no one's in charge, right? So I, I think there does have to be head of that committee that the buck stops there. But by having a committee, you get, you know, your crews involved, you, you know, put a put someone from the office on there, put someone out from the field on there, make sure it's a mixed committee because it really deserves attention all across the company. I'd, now, agree. I'd agree with Paul. It has to be cross-functional. You know, you have to get people from different areas of the company to jump in on it. Uh, but I think it's also important too that the um, that our employees are not afraid to voice their opinion when they see something. It's that yep. fear, you know, they see something and they go, "Wow, that doesn't look safe." Everybody should have that voice and that um, ability to speak up and say, "No, we're not doing this," and that needs to be pushed and it needs to be in the committees, you know. Yeah. So, like, how does an a an A one or an A two feel comfortable speaking up if they if they see their crew leader doing something that doesn't really mm -hmm. kind of fit the protocol of a of a safe practice? Um, how does someone feel comfortable? What kind of messaging um, are you all be, are you all putting out, or would you encourage encourage others to put out to make sure people you're not go, you're not going to be um, there's no consequences to you being able to speak up about that. We, we just have a policy and we, we try to communicate it. We probably don't do it enough, but that anyone can stop a job at any time if it's yes. 50. doesn't matter who it is, uh, make the phone call, whatever. And, and that's happened. We have stopped jobs for concerns. Um, and I'll have, so, how about a Nolan Painting? But, but Nolan Painting, I mean, as I go around jobs and, and sometimes they're asking questions about, you know, what do you think of this or what do you think of this situation? And I may look at it and go, yeah, we, we should probably do this, sir. I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up with me. And, I, you know, you always drive home the fact that please call us if you're not sure. You know, just don't do it. Don't have us come and catch you because this is serious to us. We don't want to catch you doing something wrong. We want to catch you some doing it right the way we want it done. Even right down to orientation. So you're, you were asking, Molly, how can an A1 speak up? At orientation, I do part of orientation along with Kevin. And I will tell them in orientation, new employees, I'll say, you have the voice. If it's not safe, you have no problem calling and, and saying it because I will back you up 100%. You know, so so they're hearing, from, they're yeah. hearing from day one uh, yeah. from, from a management team member that they need to call you if they feel unsafe. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, I mean, you think that uh, you're, the team members are going out and putting, you think, how can putting um, paint or material on a wall feel unsafe? 
mm-hmm. or how can you know the, our landscapers or I mean certain industries certainly have more um, are around more certain different le- levels of materials and uh, large uh, vehicles that can cause a little bit more issues. Yes. But uh, everywhere you you look, I mean Paul's example of um, his employee off of a step stool that's maybe a foot off the ground. How many of us go on a step stool in our kitchen? Well, I'm shorter, so I, I do that. But Or climb up on the counter and like you could easily fall back. I mean, it's, it's those simple little things that you're trying to get people to think about and uh, to put to pre- preventative measures in because there are so many things in life that we cannot control. And so what are some, what are some areas in your day-to-day that we can control? And so it's, it's wearing the hard hat. It's wearing the steel toed boots. It's doing the, the safety huddles in the morning. It's talking about it at every operations meeting. Um, it's really making it. And people can say, oh, we keep talking about safety, but it needs to be a a prevalent discussion. Uh, The last thing I wanted to hit, and I, Paul, you had um, brought up this question, is that um, while safety awareness is always important, what are some also additional risks associated with ramping up for the busy season? Um, We, you know, the the focus of this podcast is about uh, keeping safe behaviors in mind, but there's other things that we have to worry about. Yeah, you know, this time of year, Molly, is is super dangerous because we're all bringing a lot of new hires onto the team. And although you might have taught uh, lead safety or aerial lift safety six months ago, it's time to teach it again, right? Or certifications lapse and it's been a long time. So I, I think you, if you don't have that constantly recurring safety calendar, calendar to make sure you're doing these things all the time and your orientation for your new hires has to be really good. Uh, good idea to pair them with somebody and someone's always watching their back for safety because they'll just, they don't know that they, they didn't come out of a, maybe a culture of safety. So that is, uh, when you think about it, it's scary. So you have to put a lot of attention to new hires. Go ahead, Connell. Yeah, so you, you have a thought there. Yeah. So uh, Paul's right. I think one of the biggest dangers right now is new employees. Because you know the habits of every employee in the field. Like for me, the people that I work with every day and the people that I manage, I know what shortcut they might actually try to take. Uh, but, mm-hmm. and, and so you know who to watch out for. But a new employee, you don't know anything about them. And a lot of times they want to impress you. And they try, you know, they try to move really fast. And they try to get lots of stuff done. And in that, they take these major chances. And these shortcuts are what causes a lot of our problems. I mean, especially at a time right now where I mean, all we've been, let's say all we've been focusing on, but a big conversation we've been focusing on is hiring and recruiting and training. And we're all, we're all trying to think, what else can we do? What are some creative ways that we can get new people in the door? I mean, we're all, every, every business is up against uh, also, you know, the large big box stores, the Home Depots, the Targets, the Walmarts. I mean, everyone's looking to hire. Um, so, it's a, it's a definitely, a, it's a conversation that shouldn't, for, we shouldn't forget what happens when you actually get that person in the door. There's that excitement that you just brought on five new people, but let's not forget that they're brand new. They don't know, they likely don't know your trade. Um, 
and we need to we need to give them the proper training um, just to do to do the work, but also to keep safety in mind. Anything else that either of you would like to add um, before we wrap up today on this on this topic? Uh, actually, before we wrap up, I did have one more question um, related to getting people involved. Paul, you were saying um, good to get somebody in charge of a safety committee. But, you, but a safety committee is also a good thing to have. Are there ways that people are making uh, the reporting of the, the huddles, um, the reporting of, or the creation of the training plans, are we including those in people's um, job responsibilities? Are people getting, I don't want to say pay for performance based upon submitting a certain number of daily um, safety huddles, but are there ways that we can make it a job requirement as opposed to just a push um, of encouragement? Yeah, we uh, we do require it for the job. And I, I think, Connell, we were talking the other day, they do too. I mean, it's, uh, for pay for performance, you have to do all these things, have a good report card on your jobs, mm -hmm. make sure you're doing your daily safety huddles. You know, those, those are required activities. So, um, that is a big part of it. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, the same thing. It's in our job descriptions for those that start to run jobs for us. It's always brought up, but like you're a job leader, part of your job descriptions, making sure, you know, maintaining that everybody's working in a safe practice, um, which again, doesn't always happen. You have to, you know, somebody has to keep driving that home. And then again, it's tied to PFP. The pay, their bonuses are paid for performance. Um, and, you know, Sometimes we look at the huddles, safety huddles, you know, and they're, and they're repetitive. And you zoom in on that, you know, it's, you know, you look at it and you go, that's almost a carbon copy of last week. So, we, we, you know, we, we push for more descriptive um, comments about the job. And because not all jobs are the same, especially in residential. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that can go wrong in different types of houses. So what do you need to watch out for? So yes, yeah, tied in differently, but you, we still you have to monitor it and make sure that it's happening. Good. I'm glad that, and I, I was just going to say, I, like I feel like you could often see that carbon copy look of that huddle come through every day if they're yeah. just check, 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 check initialing. Check, yeah. But That's just yeah, but requiring a little bit more information and that your huddle yesterday shouldn't look like your huddle today, uh, I think is is a good is a good uh, note to leave on. And Molly, I would say one thing. You know, we didn't talk about money. But one of our biggest costs is workman's compensation insurance, right? And uh, in one sense, you hate to, you know, relate safety to money. But if you have safe practices, it, it can save you money. Um, and we, we, we actually have customers, if your EMR, your experience modification rate gets over a certain level, they won't let you bid for the company. So in the commercial oh, wow. world, yeah, it's very important commercially and industrially. But uh, I would say any money you spend on uh, safety will come back to you many times more. So you, you will save down the road. So don't worry about it. You know, if it costs you a little more than you think, it's worth it. And you never want to have to make that phone call to a spouse or significant other that something happened, you know, yeah. a partner at work. So No, you don't. Do you... Um, do you build a safety spend into your annual budget? We do. We have we have dedicated, but besides our, our our directors and managers and safety, they have a budget as well. Yes. And Connell, do you do that as well? Does yes, we do. Okay. Yeah, that's right. High reaches are in the budget. 
high reaches. Getting the guys up there safely. We have another one ordered and, you know, and we never have enough of them. It was funny, you know, in the beginning, like it's just funny when you put um, proper equipment out there for people, they fight it in the beginning and then like uh, high reach is a perfect example. You know, some people were shy about it, others didn't want it. And then once they used it two or three times, you couldn't have enough high reaches. Like we have to rent them along with buying them because they're like, yeah, this is a way easier than climbing that ladder and making that long reach or having to hitch clip in a roof, get your harness. This is, you're in, you're done, you're up and you're back down again. It so, sounds yeah, like any any new any new implementation uh, in any any environment where you get the, the pushback in the beginning and then it just takes over time, people begin to see, I mean, that's even, that's not even in a workplace. That's, you know, anybody when something new comes into their life and you're, you're mixing up their routine, um, it takes time, but eventually you can often see that uh, you're pushing it for a reason. Uh, so it sounds like, wow, putting safety dollars into a budget um, is a great place to also start to ensure that you are allocating funds um, and making it a priority and it can coincide with those monthly meetings and those safety trainings that you're doing every month. So it's almost like pick pick four or five different items, say, from the, the certification material um, or from, for, from some things that you've heard today. Um, if you don't have a, a training or a safety culture in play right now, pick four or five to start and get them rolling. Um, we're not we're not you know telling you you need to by next week um, have everything in process or everything created, uh, but we're saying to you get started because. Um, it can it can be done. It can be created in chunks. You can get the the, the momentum rolling. You can get people um, involved, and at the end of the day, it's for the benefit of everyone who's employed there. Yeah, it's it's not a one time push, Molly. It's something you got to start. Just like production, I'm sure you're all talking about that. That's how safety has to be. Always talking about safety. Always talking about safety. Always making improvements. It is never never and never never over. Uh, well, Paul and Connell, thank you so much uh, for your time today. I appreciate you both sharing your experiences uh, and what's kind of what's going on in the worlds of your respective companies when we talk about the word safety and what that actually means. Uh, so I hope to have you both back in the future, talk about this topic or others. Uh, we always love having guests come on. And until then, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thank Thanks, you. Molly. Be safe, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.